Requiem of the Outcast 32, Part 1, for October 2006. I'm Richard Hatch, and I'm a rogue and an outcast and a revolutionary. Freedom! Hey, you. Yeah, you. We know you're out there. Rejects from society. Artists. Writers. Poets. Filmmakers. Get off the couch. Make something. The world is waiting to hear your voice. And so are we. We are the Requiem of the Outcast. Are you an outcast? Sound of trumpet, sound of horns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Requiem of the Outcast Season 2. Earl, you know what day today is, right? I do indeed. Today is actually my only day off, and that is cause for celebration. Well, I mean... What? It is, but that, that's that's not what today really is, Earl. No, today really is my day off. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure it is, Earl, but I mean, you know what today is. Oh my God, is it your birthday? I, I mean, come on. No, no, my birthday was on the 5th of September. Oh, no, yeah, no no, ba- no subtle begging for presents there, right? No, um, no, there wasn't. Uh, but um, you know what today is? Come on, man. Oh, shoot. No, I don't. You, <laughs> you don't know what today is? No. No. Why? You, Should I? Well, I mean, you, you know, I mean, today's well, well, today's the show's anniversary. Oh, my. I got you something. I swear I did. It's in the car. Oh, uh, really? It's in the Yes, I. it is. Um, is. Is it a monkey? I know. It, it says it's from Tom Thumb, but it's better than that. Oh, yeah? It's a very exclusive gas station coffee mug. It's oh. not sold everywhere. Just so you know. It's, Wait, is it one of those ones where I get like refills for like twenty five cents? No, they were out of those, but they but there's it's oh. another kind where it looks like you could, but you can't, and that's kind of why it's so special because it was really limited edition, and you oh. know that's, that's uh, crap. You're the best co-host. <laughs> actually, <laughs> so is well, it really? It's our it's our it's our. What, but, is this, what anniversary is this? Actually, this is the start of our fourth year, so it's the conclusion of our th- of the, the show's third year of existence, and it's okay, Earl. You, I know you didn't buy me a present, but I bought myself one. I was at uh, Food Lion, I was at the grocery store, and as an impulse buy, I picked up a copy of This Is Spinal Tap Special Edition for ten dollars. <laughs> Happy so anniversary! It's so. <laughs> it's alright. You know I, I love you, baby. I signed your name to the card and everything. That's so. So, oh my god, I'm such an absentee co-host. <laughs> I just work so much. I do it for you. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of working too much, I mean, you do have quite a few things coming up on your plate. I mean, let's let's oh, good lord. Let's before we get on with uh, things and everything going on in my oh, life. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. What is going on in your life? You've got some Wait, big before, doings coming up. Before we up. even do that, we got to introduce ourselves because this is season two. There may be a whole horde, a swelter of people just joining on and going, my God, what is this season two? It wasn't there already a season one and before that sort of like a season minus one and a season minus two. Your numbers are amazing. Well, no, no, no. See, it, look, it makes total sense. 
we're starting season two because season one is three years long. I thought it was really good. And we've had three generations in that said first season. So if we start <laughs> season two at the beginning of our fourth year on episode 32, it makes complete sense. Requiem of the Outcast has become like some sort of Windows platform. I just want to call it Requ- Requiem XP now. That's <laughs> <laughs> Requiem XPC, that means we're extreme. That's right. We're, but, we're, but we're the home edition, so we're family safe. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> extreme. <laughs> no explicit tags here. That's right. No, but but seriously, we need to introduce ourselves so that people know who we are. Please, uh, guy who I don't know, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how? Uh, I, where'd you come from? Oh, my God. Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> of all the bud guests in all the bodosphere, you had to come walking into mine. Um, my name is Rich Sigfret, and I started the show three years ago, four years ago. I'm not quite sure how that works exactly when it comes to you know anniversaries and whatnot. So completing the third year, and if, anyway, uh, started the show. <laughs> Carry the two. Yeah, <laughs> start. We <laughs> I started the show a long time ago, before podcasting was even a term. And uh, the show was originally... Uh, Before dirt was dirt. <laughs> I predate dirt. I predate dirt in the potosphere. <laughs> before before the land was separate from the waters in the potosphere, there was rich. Before Adam Curry bought his first case of Aquanet. Uh, the- <laughs> I, I, did, I started the show. It was going to basically cover all things fandom in Star Wars. Uh, it, was re- it coincided with the opening of StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Internet Fan Audio. And then Star Wars ended. <laughs> Damn it! No, Star Wars ended uh, about the time that Phantom Menace came out. Uh, so, uh, oh. <laughs> but you know, I, <laughs> I did the show for a while. Did it with uh, Ron and Janine Garner. They bowed out uh, about the twenty twenty third episode mark. Uh, they moved away. It was just too tough to get together. And no, so, dude, it was the twenty. It was the it was the twentieth because I was in on the twenty first. It was the twentieth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, brought on Earl Newton, who will uh, in- introduce himself in just a moment. I am a father of three. I like long candlelight walks on the beach, which I don't know how the candles factor into that, unless you you know. Yeah, they have a lot of, of candles in a very short the, beach. The wind constantly blowing the candles out. <laughs> uh, the potpourri smell from the candle. The votive. Uh, aroma is kind of lost on the sea breeze. And it was never like this on Fantasy Island. Put them on the backs of, of Galapagos turtles as they're cruising <laughs> along the beach. And My God, it's like Martha Stewart and the Swiss Family Robinson had this one huge get-together. <laughs> MacGyver's catering. <laughs> All right. I made this I made this four four tiered cake for you. Um the only thing that I had was baking soda, chewing gum and tin foil. Enjoy. Oh my god. And it's a good thing. Yeah, I'll be over in the Stargate now. Um so I'll be over in the Stargate now. My career has taken a turn to the other side of the universe. Actually, he won't since they canceled the show, but anyway. Um, yes, geeks everywhere are still sad about that. But I myself, I am an amateur filmmaker. I work at, on the side on the creative department of a independent wrestling federation, HaloWrestling.com. And uh, yeah, who are? We're not fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. And uh, and also um, quite prolific in the uh, podosphere uh, with such podcasts as 
the uh, Roto Minicast, the Fandom Cast, uh, dealing with the Fandom Tron, all things fandom, as well as the Amazing Pulp Adventure starring Mr. Adventure, which is a Parsec uh, finalist in the 2006 mm-hmm. Dragon Con Parsec Awards. As are we. Yes, as is Roto, a two-time finalist and loser, but Ooh. more on that later. We are the Susan Lucci of podcast. Which... Funny enough, that's the same thing Scott Sigler said about himself, so maybe we need to have a death match. A <laughs> death match of Susan Lucci's where neither person wins. Exactly. <laughs> we both just get an honorable nomination. We were able to lose an award in less than 12 parsecs, but up bump. <laughs> yes, I have to do my own rim shots. My jokes are that bad. So, oh, my God. I can't get the, hey, I can't get the laugh from the joke, so I might as well go for the sound effect. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Um, I've won awards for acting for uh, this. Requiem of the Outcast has also won uh, various awards, and of which we are all very, very proud. Now, um, go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself, sir. Okay. I am Earl Newton. I am the co-host of Requiem of the Outcast for the last 12, 12 episodes. My God. We've been doing this a year. More than that, sir. This is episode 32. Yeah, but I, if I came in on 2021, 20, it would have been a whole a full year. I came in last October. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm a big, I, I can't count. <laughs> you notice the one thing he said he never did was math. But he's done everything else. No, um, I'm Earl Newton. I am the co-host of Wreck Me the Outcast. I am a filmmaker. I am a writer. I am a director. I'm an editor. I am, in my real life, I am a radio producer for, actually, excuse me, I'm a radio and television producer for a a network syndicate stretching across eight states in the South, and let's see, what else do I do? Uh, I write comic books, too, so I'm doing all those things simultaneously right now, which is why I sound out of breath. And you, of course, mentioned the fact that you were a, uh, or that you are an award-winning director, correct? I did mention that, so, I mean, okay. I, several times, but it was subliminal. I'm hoping to, <laughs> just like, I am also award-winning director and also award-winning filmmaker. And so that's, yeah, I was trying to, no, I totally forgot. I'm the, I'll tell you, let me tell you this, a quick story. I was once on NPR talking, I called in to talk about my film. <laughs> I'm such a bad promoter that I forgot to mention my, the name of my film. <laughs> so I made this film. I had fans of mine calling from around the country who knew my film going, why didn't you say the name? I'm like, all right, I, I didn't I didn't realize. So yeah, nice. So that's what I do. I uh, I screw up brilliantly. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, I've I've been honored to be on Wrecking the Outcast for over a year now, cranking into season two. All right. Which of course you started out as a fan. You, well, actually, you started out as an interviewee. That's right. And then I'm always a fan of anyone who will interview me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. It just basically, I just kept listening to hear if I would show up again. So, and then after that, I was like, "Whoa, I'm here all the time. This isn't really." <laughs> no, it's still just as interesting to hear me as it was the first day, Ridge. That's that's how I feel about our relationship. <laughs> it is just as beautiful to hear my voice on your show as it was the first time. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have little doubt about that. <laughs> So that said, um, <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit of the things that have been going on in your life. But I mean, obviously, I've been running around doing uh, sports television, sports radio. I've got a television show I'm going to be doing, very Twilight Zone esque, coming out next year. What's been going on in your world before we move on to the events of the of the show? Well, one of the main things is the um, the plans for uh, yet another show under the Requiem of the Outcast handle. It's going to be called The Cinema Freaks, where we have mm-hmm. Roto, which handles uh, independent media. All forms, both video, audio, and uh, print that is available online, we're basically trying to 
get the word out about anybody who distributes their material online and doesn't have any kind of a major distribution. They're kind of doing it all themselves. Then we have, of course, the, the uh, minicast, which deals with fandom, which I'm actually trying to figure out another name for that one, because the third show is called Cinema Freaks, which deals with all sorts of mainstream media, mm. mainly movie, but we're also branching off a little bit into, uh, we've got some guest commentary from Jared Axelrod, from Voice of Free Planet X. He's going to be contributing a little bit about comics and pop culture and mainstream media, uh, as well as I've been soliciting uh, all sorts of podcasters. So if you are listening to this and would like to submit something, uh, we'd really appreciate it. You can send me an email at rotooutcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're basically looking for, um, as as the guys from Cool Shite say, uh, basically a piss take on uh, mainstream media. Kind of a, a little bit of a rant show. Not much information is going to be passed on, really. It's basically, <laughs> it's it's like people that are too young to hold the handle of curmudgeon. <laughs> we're, we're curmudgeons in training. Yes. You should call that the podcast. <laughs> Curmudgeons like of tomorrow. <laughs> Today. See, it's got kind of like a sci-fi feel there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice little pulp old time school. <laughs> and also, the other main thing that I've been doing is um, I performed two parts in Lancelot Biggs. Um, mm, tell me about that. What Lancelot Biggs, which of course uh, we saw at Balticon. It's an adaptation by Mer Lafferty from the original book Lancelot Biggs Spaceman by Nelson S. Bond. Um, it's an old school book, uh, kind of a pulpy space kind of a deal. And Murr took one of the uh, situations from that book and translated it to an audio script. And uh, in in the version, which is actually before this episode came out, uh, was released sometime in September in our feed, there's three files. You've got an introduction by me that tells a little bit about the, uh, about the production and about the uh, how it came to be. And then we've got the actual pod play, which is an episode from the Balticon podcast, uh, thanks to uh, Paul Fisher and Martha Holloway. And there's a third episode, which is promos for all of the participants, all of the actors that were involved in it. Well, we did a studio cut, in which case I played both Captain Hansen and Engineer McDougal. And then at DragonCon... We got to do a live stage performance of it, which was great, in which case I played just Captain Hansen. And it it really went it went so well that Mike Stackpole, uh, who I invited to, to come out and see it, uh, he, which he probably was planning on coming out anyway, but I just like to think, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got some by, pull by with Rich Mike Stackpole. By Rich personal invitation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I'm here with Rich Sigfrid. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you. But he came up and and uh, <laughs> he he had a lot a lot of really nice things to say about my performance and uh, fortunately I recorded them, which you can hear in the uh, in the bookends for Lancelot Biggs. So can I put you a hold on hold here one second? I gotta throw something out here, which is just I think it's gonna spin your whole world around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're we're at the dawn of episode two uh, of season two, which is just gonna promise so much more, and we're gonna come to that in a moment. Can you imagine when you and I first met? Okay, I was taking Fall of a Saga around the country. You were basically, I think you had just come to the end of your first year, or were all, you were about six months into your first year mm-hmm. doing Requiem. 
Can you imagine there would come a time in your life where you'd say, well, I invited Michael Stackpole over to come see me perform, and then have a story to tell about how he actually showed up and what he said afterwards? Uh, no, I never would have. I never would have thought about it. Which, actually, uh, a funny story about that. Obviously, I'm a 501st member, and one of my buddies, and I love telling the story, uh, one of my buddies, Dave Anderson, who's also uh, a fellow trooper, you know, he, he's he been around a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the Star Wars celebrities, authors and actors and whatnot, enough with helping out with Carolina Garrison 501st stuff that, you know, he, he knows a lot of them. And, you know, when he sees them, he feels that he can go up to them and, you know, call them by their first name, you know, Mr. and then their last name mm -hmm. and shake their hands and whatnot. And no problem because he's a real cool cat about the stuff. He doesn't really fanboy out. But Mike Stackpole is one of them. And as we were walking, uh, we were talking about, you know, who we'd seen. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw Aaron Alston, you know, who's, you know, somebody that every time I see, we always go up, shake hands, give hugs, whatever. And, sure. and he's like, oh, must be nice. Ha, ha, ha. And then, he, and I said, yeah, I saw uh, Mike Stackpole walking around. He's like, oh, really? I haven't seen him yet. He's one that I really, really want to uh, get up with and, meet, and, and, you know, meet again and shake his hands and whatnot. Not 30 seconds after him saying that, we're crossing the street at Dragon Con and Stackpole walks by us. I go, hey, Mike. He goes, hey, Rich. And just keep, and we just keep on walking. That's it. You know, just a, <laughs> a, a real friendly, real familiar uh, greeting. And, and Dave stops me, smacks me on the shoulder, and he's like, man, I hate you. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, man. You know, and, and you know, you know, Stackpole, I mean, Mike, Mike is a great guy. He's got a podcast, uh, The Secrets. He also runs the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, which back when we were solely Star Wars-based, he had invited us. Roto was considered one of the four premier Star Wars podcasts, and he requested slash demanded that we be a part of TSFPN. And, of course, we were more than happy to uh, oblige. Well, there had been apparently some database problems, and they lost. They, they basically had to start over and ask everybody to resubmit. And at DragonCon, he came up to me and says, you know, I've noticed that uh, Roto isn't uh, part of part of TSFPN. And I was like, yeah, I know. You guys ditched us. I figured you didn't want us or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. I want you to... I want you to reapply. Well, actually, this was at StellarCon, because that was when we did the, uh, the three-way interview with Aaron Austin, Timothy Zahn, right. and Mike Stackpole. Zahn. The three authors mm -hmm. episode. I think it was episode 27. Uh, he then told me that, you know, hey, you better resubmit. Well, I'd totally forgotten about it. And so at DragonCon, uh, as I was leaving, he basically demanded that I re-sign. And he's like, you better do it as soon as you get back. You better resubmit, because I want, want it on there. I'm like, yes, sir, I sure will. I, I still need to do that, but <laughs> actually, by the time this is out, uh, we'll, hopefully, we'll be a part of TSFPN, and there will have been a bumper. I don't need you, Mike Stackpole. There will have been a bumper at the end of the episode. Actually, I'll probably put the bumper at the end of the episode, so that way it doesn't spoil the story um, instead of at the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've got a whole bunch of uh, Stackpole stories, but I think that we're going to save those for another day. So that said, tell me tell me a little of uh, what's been going on. I know that, okay, you know what, I'm just going to cut all the BS you went to Dragon Con, and I didn't get to go, and everybody, I wanted to go, and I didn't get to go. What happened at Dragon Con? Give me the highlights. Well, first off, this was my first Dragon Con, and it, God, it was, it was, it was, it was astounding. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff. Wow, wow, don't, don't, don't make me feel bad at all, Rich. No. <laughs> cool. I'm glad that... It, okay, it's, it's, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing that I've been telling you. Uh, while I was, while I was there, I saw God. It was cool. Even God was there. He was signing autographs. He's much cooler in person than you think. Here, uh, Earl, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing that I, I, I told, uh, a lot of my other friends that weren't able to go. What's that? It was really boring. Nothing at all happened. Um, can you just go ahead and plug your ears for a second so I can tell the, uh, listener audience how bad it was? I'm I'm plugging even now. Okay. 
Oh my god, it was so awesome. <laughs> uh, let's hear. Um, uh, Billy West, uh, Billy West and George Lowe, uh, Cartoon Network lawyers, uh, kind of big timing me. Uh, let's hear. Fan film sellers, uh, Batman Beyond, Lancelot Biggs, The Write Up, Passing the Tasty, the Parsec Awards that we didn't win, After the Party making us realize that it didn't matter who wins and who loses since the awards are dangerous, Davey and the Green Room Party, but don't get me started on that, my phone problems, Arnold, Escape Cast Promo, I got to record Evil Team Morris, no video on podcasting panels, uh, things I've learned from my first Dragon Con, what a badass present Mer set up for me. Now. Can I unplug my ears yet? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so... No, actually, let me let me explain the list that I just went through. Um, okay, hang on one second. First off, Billy West. Billy West was awesome. I uh, got to hang out with him for about 45 minutes, um, and we just kind of extolled, uh, you know, different voice acting stories, and he, well, actually, he told and I listened. But the coolest thing was is that we started bouncing off each other voices and whatnot, and he... It, well, I, I got a little bit of an interview with Billy West, which will actually be uh, dovetailed into the interview that you, Earl, did with uh, Billy West. Um, and he actually, you know, calls me a voice actor also. Now, I've always been somebody who's done voices. Clearly, you know, I mean, I've even won awards for some of the voices that I've done. Uh, obviously, with the Pulp Adventures, I do a lot of voices. But when somebody of Billy West's caliber has listened to the things that I do... And then acknowledges me as a peer. That is a huge thing. And that is, that is a confidence high I've been rolling off of. I mean, we were even off air. We were joking around about, you know, you know, we're both fans of Escape Pod and Steve Ely. And uh, both Earl and I were doing our Steve Ely impressions, which I do during the uh, Parsec interviews. <laughs> well, let me, let me say one other thing about Billy West. He was so unbelievably awesome just to kind of hang with. And at one point in time, George Lowe walked by. George Lowe being, of course, the voice of Space Ghost, who is just one of the sharpest guys you'll ever meet. He's just quick. <laughs> and uh, he starts goofing around on Billy. And I ask him, like, guys, can I record this? Because I had my Eye River, which I had had for less than a week before Dragon Con. And, the, you know, they were both like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And so I've got this really funny little bit that uh, it's a little little dirtier than uh, we know, a little bl a little bluer than we normally go on Roto. So I think uh, whenever I actually start up the, the Roto After Dark feed uh, with all of our really blue material, uh, that's definitely going in there. Uh, if not, I've got a funny little, little thing for me. Um, now, I did try to get an interview with George Lowe, but as he said... That apparently Cartoon Network's lawyers, uh, they're really worried about copyright problems. First, it didn't make any sense to me either. But then it dawned on me. His voice is Space Ghost's voice. Now, I mean, he does change a little bit of the, a little bit to it, but not much. I mean, he does a lot of other voices, but the Space Ghost voice is essentially his voice. And I think that they're worried that if he does an interview, that's not sanctioned. Well, people could think he's talking as Space Ghost instead of himself. Well, I could take anything that he says and make it, yeah, I can slap it on a Flash animated Space Ghost and guess what, you know, I could have him saying, Cartoon Network sucks balls, you know, and that, <laughs> they wouldn't be, no, to, they wouldn't be would, too keen to that. But it'd be all voice edited together, it'd be close to be, Cartoon Network sucks balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which, sadly enough, what I did record, I actually could make that phrase with, uh, <laughs> George <laughs> with Lowe, if, you, if you hear us now... You'll leave the money outside of podcastpickle.com. Yes. Which, you know, one thing, podcast kind of does have a, a bad 
kind of a bad aura about it right now, especially like with Dragon Con, they um, anybody that applied for a guest membership at Dragon Con and you know specifically because of podcasting, they automatically denied. Wow. Um, there were a lot of there were a lot of people that even though they had written books. Stephen Ewan Cobb didn't find out that, you know, a friend of the show, he didn't find out he wasn't a guest until he showed up. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? He, he showed up and then, fa- yeah, and then found out that he was rejected, and they would not accept him, even though he'd been a guest for the past five years. He had a copy of his book. He's a published author. Exactly. But they, but since he was a podcaster, that was why they canceled him. Sean O'Rourke, also friend of the show, Port City PD, which is releasing their fourth episode. Port City PD has had over three million downloads. They're not going to accept him? No, he was turned down. Why? Because he was labeling himself as a podcaster. Doesn't matter the fact that he's done, you know, that he's a voice actor, a face actor also. Doesn't matter. But because of the fact that he put down podcast, he was asked as a guest, which I wonder, because Murr was a guest. Well, no, Murr is a games writer. Um, she also, you know, writes for games, magazines, and stuff like and that. And she obviously had sense enough to, to write herself up as well. Right. Um, not to mention the fact that she wrote, you know, she wrote a podcasting book, which I figured would automatically cut her out, but no. But there, there were a few other people that I would question their guest status, but it's because they've got other things. And it just... Dragon Con did not treat podcasting well at all. And, I mean, there there is a reason why. Because they added podcasting last minute. But the problem was was that uh, as soon as people found out that as a podcaster, you you know, was a track on there, apparently like 10,000 podcasters tried to get guest status. (laughs) So, yeah, they, they basically said instead of actually investigating all of these things, they basically killed it. And said no, no for anything. Okay, I can't argue with that. I mean, although you'd think some of the more name recognizable Port City PD, uh, I mean, Stephen Ewan Cobb's a published author, so it shouldn't matter whether he was a podcaster or if he sold rubber bands on the corner. He's a published author. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, my, a perfect example, Port City PD. There were probably as many people have seen Port City PD as, if you judge by the box office receipts, went to see Serenity. So mm-hmm. why is it that that they can't get in? I mean, some of these more obvious people, I would think. Dragon combo kind of snap too, but I understand if it was last minute and you know they're just trying to keep from yeah. having all guests and no 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 visitors at the convention. Right. Well, and one thing that I mean they scaled back uh, by about fifty to a hundred amount of guests. So instead of like five hundred something, they only had like four hundred something. Last year they had five hundred something, so wow. they actually intentionally scaled back, even though they had more people. It was stretched out amongst three, uh, between three hotels, and all this stuff. But it was, but you know, Dragon Con uh, was a lot of fun. The only thing that I really had negative to say uh, was towards the podcasting track, and I know that they were going off of, and, and this is actually a very common thing. They were going off of what everybody um, had. Uh, posted on the the Parsec boards as possible tracks for the podcasting or uh, possible panels for the podcasting track, and the problem with that was is that you've got nothing but audio people. There were three video people that were on the boards: uh, myself, uh, which I was representing Port City PD, as well as some of the video stuff that we've put out in the feed. Uh, the Right Reverend Chumley from the Cult of UHF, and who is a great guy by the way, mm-hmm. and. Somebody else from uh, Port City PD, Mark McCoy, I believe. 
so there was just three of us that were video oriented. There were no video panels. I tried to get on a few as a, as a representative of video, mm-hmm. but it just they just kind of weren't having it. I mean, they, they would have allowed to a certain degree, but there were no video specific ones. And I even <clears throat> in the middle of a couple panels, I even stood up and said, "Oh well, what about video? You know, video happens to be you know over seventy five percent of the top iTunes downloads and whatnot. So you know, video was represented, but only haphazardly." Um, and as an afterthought. So, you know, I would hope that next year that they would... And, and this is nothing against Derek and Swoopy from Skepticality. They did such a badass job of uh, setting everything up. They they worked really hard and they did a good job. It's just that if you've got nothing but audio people, then they don't think about video because that's just not their medium. Sure. So we're hoping that uh, that next year video will be represented a little bit better. Um, but that's something that happens at nearly every convention I've been to. Um, I'm typically the video representative even even before I was had any video released in the feed, I was still the only advocate for video at most uh, most conventions. But uh, moving on, there was uh, quite a few other things. There was uh, some people that were selling fan films, which of course is one of my biggest pet peeves. But then there was another table that made up for that. I saw that they were playing some fan films, uh, a Star Wars fan film, and I said, "You guys aren't selling that, are you?" And they said, "No." As a matter of fact. If you buy three of our DVDs, we throw this Star Wars fan film on DVD in for free. Uh, it turns out that they were friends with the creators of the fan film. And so they were giving free publicity and a free gift. And nobody was getting gypped out of you know any hard work or anything like that. I thought that was really cool. I wish I had remembered the uh, name of the company because I would love to plug the crap out of them <laughs> on the show, Be- just just for going that extra step. Because obviously, you know, as as a creator um, myself, and I'm sure that you can agree with this, Earl, that you know, seeing somebody making money off the work that you know you either can't or are trying to, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than. I mean, it's just frustrating. I'll, I'll be talent. honest with you. I don't feel that way. I've always really? I've always felt like if I ran across in fact I've tried to get other people to bootleg my stuff. And the re and that's why I do it myself. The reason I feel <laughs> that way is because I of course I made Fall of a Saga, which is considered by many to be a fan film. Um uh, it's not a fan film. Well, hey, I film threat said it was a fan film. I'm gonna go. Up. <laughs> <laughs> the the point is, you know, when when they are gonna bootleg your work Yes, they're making money off of your labor. There's no question. But when you go to make a, a quote-unquote fan film, you're already going into it saying, I'm not going to make money off this. So with that particular... Now, let's see. If I made an original film and they were bootlegging it, I'd be really angry. But with a fan film where I know I'm not going to make any money, the fact that they not only went to the trouble to print out the nice DVD and print the nice... I mean, even if it's bootleg, they still try and get a nice insert and that whole thing. They've gone to all the trouble because they think it will sell. And if they think it will sell, that's kind of a compliment to me still. Even though, I mean, yes, they are going to make money off it, but really, all told, they might make a hundred bucks off it. You know, and that's that's really in terms of distribution, I think that's not very much money at all. Yeah. So on that sense, I'm willing to swing it just because it's so much more of a bigger compliment for them to want to bootleg your work. If if you're good enough to steal from, you must be pretty good. Yeah. True. I don't agree with you, but I can agree with some of your points. Um, now, uh, moving on with the uh, the write-up and back was tremendous. It was <laughs> Davy Beauchamp 
myself writing with Mer Lafferty of Geek Through Action Grip fame and uh, and Jim Van Verth from The Vintage Gamer. We were passing the tasty, passing the joke. I am so jealous of you guys. I can't even tell you. Yes, and you should be. Everybody should be. <laughs> anyway, so you were saying Dragon Con and lots of people in the car. Yes, uh, and, and the, the write-up was just a lot of fun, just kind of hanging out. Um, of course, what was really funny was listening to Mer talk about all the kinds of... Well, the, well actually, I better not say that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. Murr, I know you're listening, and I know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, tell me. I, now, i got to ask you this. Okay, this is something I want to know. What's Scott Sigler like in person? Because I talk to Sigler all the time, and I'm curious as to, like, is he really that intense, or is he kind of coming across like, um... No, he's, he's yeah, he's intense. Scott Sigler looks like he'll strangle you with his microphone cord. Is he just like, look, I'm going to come through here, I'm going to have some eggs, and then I'm going to go after that and pay a tip, but only 15%. I mean, like, what, is he, like, intense like that all the time? When he, yeah, I, I'd say about 75% of the time. Wow. The guy's going to have a heart attack next week. <laughs> he scheduled it, because <laughs> that's how intense he is. <laughs> He's like, sorry, got to go, got to have cardiac arrest. Uh, all right, now I'm done, going to go do a podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Scott Sigler's heart attack. <laughs> he would have gone to cardiac arrest with a big guitar intro. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Welcome to huge carteroid blocked artery hour. <laughs> I totally lost what I was talking about in the middle. I think That's I started right. talking about microphones somewhere in there. Okay, three more things before we get off on the Dragon Con thing. Go with it. Dra- if you get a chance, listen to Dragon Page winging it. I think it's show 75. It's uh-huh. live from Dragon Con. Murr Lafferty of Geek Fu Action Grip, I should be writing, and the brand new Pseudopod, as well as Heaven and Voices of New Media, which is available at patiobooks.com. She did an essay. A Well, actually, it wasn't Murr. It was Beta Murr. It was the, uh, it was the evil, evil clone of Murr. Um, she... It was Bizarro Murr. Yeah, Bizarro Murray, exactly. I used to be a fan of Dragon Page's winging it. Now, that was before it became one giant drunken dick joke, which, you know, hey, that's how you roll, that's fine. For me, not really, you know, because we were originally syndicating Mystery Adventure on that, and that's really not the kind of audience that we were aiming for. Murr agrees, because a lot of her essays are geek-oriented. You know, she's, as she says, she, you know, if, if your audience is expecting, you know, drunken dick jokes and talking about the latest sex toy uh, in reviews, then listening to the uh, adventures of a geek mother aren't exactly uh, that demographic. So, when she's asked by Mike and Evo to write an essay for the live wing in it, she's like, well, you know, I really don't think that it fits. And and plus, she said she was drunk. And they were like, no, that's perfect. Go ahead and write something. So on the spot, she comes up with... Now, keep in mind, this is not Mer Lafferty of Geek Fu Action Grip. I should be writing a pseudopod heaven or anything else. This is the evil clone of Mer. She decides to... Uh, <laughs> clone of Mer. She decides to talk about how Wing in it is very phallic-centric and not phallocentric, as in fallopian tubes. So then she proceeds to give a about a 20 to 30 minute diatribe on the clitoris. Now, perfectly illustrated by George Harab, who is a musician, an awesome musician, which show notes, links, visit his stuff, great music, um, who proceeds to take off his suit jacket, which frighteningly enough looks exactly like the subject matter, 
and she proceeds to show. <laughs> I wonder where you get a jacket like that. I'm, I'm like, to... <laughs> I know if I had a jacket like that, I wouldn't need to go out with it. That's um, exactly what I was saying. So, but uh, at one point in time, George uh, sticks his head out from you know the uh, demonstration model, which laughs are had by everyone. But Murr brings up uh, a point that you know we have in this uh, phallic centric universe of ours that we have the Washington Monument clearly a monument towards masculinity. Well, but we have the Grand Canyon. Wa- well, that's true. But <laughs> she—that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> we have the Grand Tetons. What's wrong with that? Um, so <laughs> we got the Rocky Mountains, baby. Let's not. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I wish I'd been there on the day. Oh, sadness. Oh, but she uh, asked, what about the Sacramento Mounds? You know, something a little bit more female-centric. Uh, well, as soon as she said Sacramento Mounds, I immediately... Because, I see, I, I hate being at panels. I'd rather be on a panel mm-hmm. because I always feel like I have something to contribute. And here's a bunch <laughs> of funny people, a lot of funny moments, and all of a sudden I'm here in the audience and I'm just like, I've got something to say. And I know it's going to be funny. So I get up and I go over to where T is, who's the microphone bitch for the evening. And I said, T, as soon as Murr is done talking, give me the mic. He figured out what I was going to do. And so he comes back over to me as soon as Murr is done. And, of course, she mentions, it goes on for another ten minutes. And then she, of course, mentions the Sacramento Mounds again. And as soon as she's done he introduces me and says, uh, we have uh, a fellow podcaster, the governor of California, uh. <laughs> in which I stand up and I want you all to know that if you vote for me in 2008, I'll be sure I'll be naming the Sacramento Mounds. You'll get what you want. And I'll even make it this. I'll even make the clip the state bird and just <laughs> go, going off on it. Right. Which which is preserved in the episode, which is I, I just love. And. You know, it was short, sweet, to the point. I was done, boom, sat down, and that was it. And fortunately, you know, it went over well. People were coming up to me and like, oh, that's uh, the governor, it's Arnold, uh, throughout the whole con. <laughs> Nobody knew who I was, but they just knew that I did this impression of, of Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and um, and it was great. And I got in, you know, uh, people <laughs> came like, up. And T. Morris is following you the rest of the whole con going, check out Survival Guide. <laughs> For more great oh. Arnold action, Survival Guide. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, um, here we go. I'll get, <laughs> I knew I'll get there to was tea in a, a second. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we did the, the whole uh, Schwarzenegger bit, which, like I said, went over really well. Uh, people are coming up complimenting me uh, for the rest of the con, which made me feel really good because, unfortunately, my shirts hadn't come in from Spreadshirt, uh, which were promotional shirts that I was going to be wearing to promote uh, Roto and, and, and Pulp Adventures. So, in a way, people did still recognize me and whatnot, so I ended up giving out business cards left and right. So, hopefully, some of you are listening now, in which case, thank you for listening. But I also got a really nice email from uh, Patrick McLean. Who you know we we gave a lot of crap to uh, over the Parsec Awards because he won two. He did, and yeah, he won two, and of course he's a finalist for forty-seven of them. Obviously, since he's a short story writer, many of his short stories. I mean, there was one category of like eight, <laughs> eight possible finalists, and he was five of them. Are you so, kidding me? No, no, and and it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, Patrick was a sport about all, all the teasing that we did. I mean, he certainly earned all of them, but. 
you know, he complimented me. Uh, he, he's complimented me a few times, both in person, on the phone, and in email. And it really meant a lot because Patrick McClain is somebody that I really look up to because, I mean, first of all, he does a lot of great voices. He's, he's a phenomenal writer on his podcast. Uh, mm. The Shawnee, uh go to goodwordswrightorder.com, or uh, his major project right now is How to Succeed in Evil. Go to succeedinevil.com, which is a tremendous story about an evil genius PR guy who gets fed up with telling all these, you know, dip dunks how to do it right, and they keep messing it up that he decides to go into the business of being evil himself, <laughs> and which is being turned into a comic book and everything. But, you know, I, Dragon Con was, was a really big thing for me because it was a, a chance to really kind of solidify. I mean, you know, going to Con Carolinas, Raven Con, Trinicon, Stellar Con, these are all great conventions to go to and have a lot of fun. But it's very much a uh, big fish, small pond mentality. Sure. Um, because... You're known. Everybody there knows you. So y you know that they're going to like you. Mm. But to go on essentially a global stage like Dragon Con is and to do well, that really meant a lot. And so all of the compliments that I got from, <clears throat> I mean, from some of the juggernauts of podcasting is not a bad thing. Now, my Timora story. <laughs> as a joke, I was going to go one day as T. Morris to Dragon Con. How did that I turn out? I had grown a beard, and I was just going to show up one day with like a, a shirt that you know patiobooks.com written on it, and I was going to get a bunch of the freebie uh, podcasting for dummies books and uh, go around like, "Hi everybody, I'm T. Moore." You know, basically do my Steve Ely impression. Yeah, right. um, it's Steve Ely with facial hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the beaver grows a beard. <laughs> Uh, hi everybody, I'm T. Morris, and I wrote this book. Would you like to buy a copy and try to sell you know copies of the freebie book? Um, and it was just going to be a, a you know just a big gag. I was just going to go up to him one day and do it, and, uh, and that was it. Because I knew we'd get a kick out of it. Right. Well, come to find out, about a week before Dragon Con, Paul Fisher goes to have beers with T. Morris. As soon as the door closes at T.'s house and Paul gets into his car, <laughs> Paul calls me up and says, "Rich, he shaved off his beard." Oh, no. Which is pretty much the only way that I can possibly do a caricature of T. Morris is because of the beard. Oh, my God. So I'm like, God. oh, crap. The, oh, well, it was, you know, was going to be fun. Oh, well, no problem. You know, the few people that I told got a kick out of it, and that was Maybe enough. they'd recognize you as T. Morris and not him. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would have worked. Damn it. Hello, have you ever listened to the survival guide to the listening to the survival guide for writing fantasy? <laughs> so... What ends up happening is, you know, I tell Paul, I was like, ah, you know, uh, we could have had a good run. Oh, well. He's like, no, 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 no. You could be the evil T. Morris. I'm like, <laughs> like oh mirror, God. mirror, oh, that'd be funny. I didn't think anything about it. And then I come to find out, I get up to Dragon Con, and he calls me and says, hey, Rich, uh, we were joking on that idea so much, and Martha and I got inspired, so they made a mock cover of Podcasting for Evil Dummies. Oh, no. Which, unfortunately, I left in Mike and Evo's room, and I really wanted to get a copy of that and bring it home and frame it, but uh, I'll have to ask for, uh, see if Paul and Martha can make me another copy or if Mike and Evo still have it. And I also, um, they also made me, like, a sash, like the evil Kirk and Spock had. So oh I'm like, God. okay, all right, well, this this should be kind of funny. I'll just, you know, I'll just wear it one day and, ha, 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 funny, funny, funny. Paul says, yeah, you're going up on stage at the Parsec Awards to do it. I'm like, I'm doing what? Oh, that's See, awesome. I had, I did, it's not like I had anything planned for it. It was just going to be like, oh, ha, ha, funny, funny. So I'm hauling ass uh, because the Parsecs are starting in about 15 minutes. 
Uh, you take a quick shower. I grab one of my white shirts and I write evil T on the front of it. <laughs> and on the back, I write, hey, baby, I wrote a book. You're cute. What's your room number? <laughs> oh, my God. And, just, and I mean, T would never do anything like that. But we knew that if he wasn't married, he probably would. So, uh, <laughs> so no, as long as Tony wasn't around, I suppose. So, Oh, my God. Uh, so uh, T is going to be presenting. On stage at the, at the Parsecs. So he goes up on stage, and I'm following him. Now oh, I've got my, 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 convent, my black dragon convention shirt on. And he doesn't, he's like looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? And it's funny because he's wearing an oriental kung fu deal, and I've got course, my right. oriental dragon shirt. And I start taking, I turn around, and I, I unbutton my shirt and take it off, and I've got the evil t-shirt underneath. And I put the sash on, and he looks at me and sees evil t, And... The first time in my life, T. Morris was speechless. That that I personally have seen, T. Morris was speechless. He didn't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. So what <laughs> and happened? So I stood there, and everybody's like, you know, it's kind of like nervous laughter, like, what's going on? And I, I was just like, okay, you know what? This joke would have worked a lot better if this bastard hadn't shaved his beard off. <laughs> That's when the laughs start rolling in, and, you know, and I'm just like, T. <laughs> and, you know, we goof around a little bit and, uh, you know, it goes over well. So people were tracking me down at Dragon Con calling me, oh, look, it's the Evil T. Morris. So I was either known as Arnold, the Governor, or Evil T. Morris. Now, I really wish I'd been carrying books around so I could have sold them if I was the Evil T. Morris. But, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the Evil Chronicles of Marie. Ex- yes, exactly. And my final Dragon Con story for uh, this afternoon, I've got lots of memories, some that I'd like to share some other time maybe. But this one is one of the uh, ones that's closest to my heart besides the uh, Billy West stuff. Mer Lafferty came up to me at one of the uh, parties uh, after the Parsecs. And she knew that my birthday was coming up, mainly because I was telling everybody. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was vying for free alcohol, I'm not going to lie. Davey bailed on me. He was supposed to get me in the green room because as a guest you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically bailed on me to hang out with the uh, more famous people. He didn't make himself feel better, whatever. So... I'm not worried about it. He never listened to the show. <laughs> been on four, been on 47 times. He's never listened anyway. So uh, at at the uh, after party, the losers party. At the losers party. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. Which which Patrick McLean was not there like twice. Oh yeah, no, he was there, and he violated the rules by bringing his Parsec award there, but. <laughs> Did Murr win anything? Uh, no, no, no. Murr wasn't eligible because oh, no, she was right, one of the uh, presenters and judges. Actually, um, I'm going to insert an audio file here okay. of one of the things that happened to Patrick while at the loser's party. What happened to him? Thanks to him bringing the Parsec Award. Special to Requiem of the Outcast, the pre- and post-Parsec Awards interviews by Rich Siegfried. My name is Mer Lafferty. These interviews are not safe for work, not safe for children, and possibly not safe for the winners to listen to. I'm at the Parsec party with... Uh, with uh, Patrick McLean, the Parsec, no, because there's a Parsec winner about to be on the show. I lost more than I won. He lost twice. I lost three times. I won twice. I lost three times. He was nominated for 47 awards. He was nominated for four awards. 
Remember, remember my um my speech about about how many of these motherfucking things he was nominated for. That's true, Davey. But now tell us what you did with your Parsec Award. Well, I was being a good Samaritan. I was trying to open up someone's beer with my Parsec Award, and I have sliced the ring Holy finger in my shit. right. Yes, that's the crowd reaction. One more time. Holy shit! I have sliced the uh, ring finger of my right hand open quite substantially. Luckily, Michael Menengay was there to save my life with some... Uh, with a zip tie toilet and toilet, toilet paper, paper yes. Some MacGyver bullshit. Now, my question is, why is your finger turning less colors than the rest of them? Well, well, because uh, uh, this the circulation is pretty well cut off until uh, my, my the security can get here. Why were you trying to open a beer with your Parsec Award? It means nothing to him, that's why. He has total disrespect for the award. I was trying to give back to the community that gave me the award. And this, this is the thanks I get from jealous people. If you want to give blood, there are places you can go. Like downstairs, because they are doing a blood drive here at Dragon Con. I'm sorry, actually, hold on a second. Everyone say thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. There's the thanks you get. (laughs) (laughs) And so do we. Like he's got. <laughs> Dude, I've told you I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Like he's got a big enough ego after winning two Parsec Awards. That's a good point. <laughs> what, what did I say before the, the Parsec Awards? to win two Parsec Awards. I'm pretty sure you said that you were going to win. Fuck you. You got to <laughs> <laughs> take this important call. Okay, good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm podcasting's. Rich Siegfried. If you go to requiemoftheoutcast.com slash parsec, you'll find out the truth of what really happened to parsecs, thanks to the help of many insider sources. So that's what Patrick did, and again, we, we gave him we gave him shit the entire weekend after winning so many parsecs, but again, he deserved them. So, uh, short story long, um, Mark Gunn from the Brobdingnagian Bard, so I'm a huge fan, uh, was kind of doing some entertainment at the party. He was singing and whatnot. And Murr came up to me and said, hey, would you mind if I told everybody, you know, it's your birthday? And I'm like, well, I've been telling everybody it's my birthday, hoping to get free alcohol. So she's like, okay. Oh, would you mind uh, going up in front of everybody and singing? I'm like, well, sure, I guess. I mean, it's kind of weird for... um, you know, for the birthday person to singing happy birthday too, but you know, I'm, I'm a strange man in the liberal country of, of Murr. So <laughs> I go up and she, she talks to Mark and she, she, I go up on stage up, not on stage, but I mean up in the main performance area, which was like a room set aside so he could be singing and strumming and whatnot. And she says, what song do you want to sing? And I'm like, Oh, Oh, I get to pick a song. So I picked one of my all time favorites because, and something that the, uh, the, the bards do, which is, the Scotsman, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. And so we got to be singing it and dancing it and everything. And here I am again with one of my, uh, you know, one of my internet heroes because uh, Mark Gunn and uh, his partner, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, that they've been able to parlay a love of theirs to such a huge, huge following. And, and they're one of, you know, the internet's successes. I've been mm-hmm. fans of them for probably four or five years. Um, so it was it was a hell of an honor. And again, Murr, I know you're listening. Thank you so much for for hooking that up. 
Um, I really appreciate it. And fortunately, there were some people that took some pictures, which will eventually go up on the gallery, which had, we've been having a lot of problems with the uh, website since the server switch. I'm working on getting the gallery uh, and the forums set back up. Hopefully, they'll be up by the uh, release of this episode. And also, uh, Mark sent me a CD, so I'm hoping, and this is something that, uh, Earl, you thought I was kidding when I suggested it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we cover a lot of independent movies oh, that's- <laughs> um, uh, that are released online and some audio such. Uh, one thing that we never really do, yes, we do audio, but we don't really do music, which is a uh-huh. huge, huge thing. I mean, podcasting originally was one of the things that was created for people who were uh, creating music and putting it online. Because remember, a podcast is a distribution method, not an art form. That's right. That's obvious when you listen to our show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we suffer for our art. Now it's your turn. That's right. Uh, and Mark Gunn, I mean, he's got, God, he's got like 14 different podcasts that he runs. I'm basically just trying to catch up to him, apparently. Dragon Con was a time of, of being with my heroes. But we'll talk more about some of the uh, upcoming interviews. Right now, I want to play a real quick sound seeing tour I took at Dragon Con. It's not very long. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, now I know that sounded weird. Uh, the sound seeing tour, normally you don't do the sound seeing tour with the microphone and the iRiver in your pocket. So that's probably why it <laughs> sounded a little weird. But I think I really tried to give a good description by the sounds in the area. So I think, I really hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly got... were we touring that where the tours began in your pocket, Rich? Um, well, I think, uh, about that point we were, um, going by, uh, the, we probably walked by the crew shadow booth with all the hot goth chicks. Um. Oh, so that's we, why we were in your pocket. I see. <laughs> uh, I right. think that was a tour of the escalators, um, and possibly <laughs> even waiting in line for, uh, the elevator. I don't, oh I really God. don't know. I really have no idea what part that was. I just, <laughs> I accidentally recorded it and hey, I didn't want to toss it. So <laughs> I wanted to use it. Let's just talk really quick about some of the upcoming interviews because obviously I got quite a few at DragonCon. Yes, Dragon hit them. See, now here's the thing, folks at home. Uh, Rich has hit a bunch of interviews uh, at DragonCon and he has not told me what any of them are. So this is going to be a surprise for me. I am going to be surprised now. But before we do that, I want to talk about some of the other ones that we've got upcoming that we have not released yet. This is not going to be a surprise to me. I completely know what he's about to say. From Balticon, we've got the guys from Prometheus Radio Theater. They did Have Brown Coat Will Travel. Fantastic play. If you have not seen it, Mm -hmm. you're out of luck, but you should see it. I think it should be coming out on DVD at some point, and it's worth your time. Yes, and actually we're going to be releasing uh, that interview corresponding with the release of their DVD. So that way, hopefully, we'll be able to push some uh, traffic their way. We've also got a really good interview with the guys from Heart of an Empire. We've got an interview with David Coyne. David Coyne. He's a comedian that does uh, amazing (laughs) impressions, most notably uh, the... Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken, Jack well Nicholson. Well known for all his snakes on the plane auditions and things on yes, YouTube. You can absolutely. find a lot of that material. We did a fantastic interview with him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, he's turning out a lot of original material that uh, is also quite good. He's got uh, something called The Plant Psychic, which is pretty good. 
And he's mm-hmm. also gone back and done some more things with Christopher Walken because, look, let's face it, we all dig it when he does Christopher Walken. It's, oh, God, it's, and he's got such an amazing Walken. Um, also, we've got uh, from Trinicon, I've got interviews with Christiana Ellis from Nina Kimberly, and we've also got an interview with uh, Nuri and Michelle from the Artist Alley podcast. Personal friend of mine, uh, friend of the show, uh, it's a great podcast if you're an artist. I'm not really much of an artist, but I tell you, I learn a lot about marketing and whatnot, even on the podcast side. So great stuff, whether you're an artist or not. Check it out, candycornstudios.com. Uh, click on the podcast link for Artist Alley. Um, now, for Dragon Con. Yes. Surprise me. Okay. First off, the I, I, I did interviews at the Parsec Awards before and after. Uh-huh. I've got some really, really funny stuff, but stuff that... I, I was supposed to be doing it, like, officially, but the problem was <laughs> is that most of us, were we were kind of, like, we used it as therapy, <laughs> so it, a lot of it, you probably don't want it as official, um, because, especially Scott Sigler, who... <laughs> oh, my who God, call, what did he do? ...calls out Mike and Evo as, basically, uh, they run the podcast Mafia, and that they're actually pulling uh, Adam Curry's puppet strings... <laughs> Oh my Although, God. It, all in good humor, I did get to tell him that he sold out, and he... Yeah, wait a second, wait a second. Funny. Who, which, which one is syndicated on Sirius Radio? Hold on, yeah. what? Yeah, oh. exactly. What? Uh, <laughs> Podcast Mafia, what? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, a little bit later in the show, we've got to talk about a new distribution method that's going to be coming, and oh. every podcast or video and audio needs to pay attention to. We'll get there. Yes. Um, everybody from Kevin Batchelder from The Signal, Davey Beauchamp from Pulp Adventures, Christiana Ellis from Nina Kimberly, Stephen Ewan Cobb from The Future and You, which is about the future and you, Steve Ely from Escape Pod and Pseudopod, J.C. Hutchins from Seventh Son, Mark McCoy from Port City PD, Patrick McLean uh, before, Patrick McLean after, and then Patrick McLean after after. Uh, from, <laughs> after hours. Um, obviously, Scott Sigler. Uh, from Infection, uh, Mike Stackpole from The Secrets and TSFPN, Summer Brooks from The Kick-Ass Mystic Ninjas, Farpoint Media, and Rick and Matt from Variant Frequency. Um, now, w- interviews that we definitely will be releasing. I've got two guys that are making a fan film called uh, Batman Beyond, which is apparently given the... Uh, they're working on getting the official okay and possibly even a little bit of backing from DC. Mm. Uh, we've got Billy West... I've also got uh, Dr. Grant, Grant Bachoco from The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, one of my personal favorite podcasts. Um, the guys from Done the Impossible, um, which is the Firefly doc- Firefly Serenity documentary. I've got one from Jennifer Amos Osberg, a independent actress who's kind of hot, too. Uh, Legendary Leatherworks, who is a, a group that does uh, Firefly lanyards, uh, Leatherworks, uh, really good high-quality leather lanyards with uh, your favorite Firefly saying on them. Also, the guys from Mad Scientist University who have this tremendous game that I'm hoping to actually incorporate as part of the show as a contest for you to get creative. And I've got to talk to some folks. I've got to talk to the Geek Label guys, see if they might uh, be able to throw in some uh, little prizes. Which, incidentally, the uh, Geek Label guys, geeklabel.com, some of the finest geek shirts around um not to mention the fact that they are also two really cool guys vicar kingfish 
Those guys are so freaking awesome. They've got a podcast that is really, really solid, really good, funny. If you get a chance to check it out, they're also starting to do uh, commentaries, which they're about to, they've released Sneakers, which is such a great movie, and they're about to do True Lies, uh, which mm. will most likely be out by the release of this episode. Um, I've also got uh, one of the gals from Redheads of the Apocalypse, an independent book that uh, was released that deals with the death of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and the little caveat that says that their wives have to take over their jobs. We've also got, and, and finally, one that I am personally proud of, two of the guys from Red vs. Blue. I got Griff and Sarge from Red vs. Blue. As a matter of fact, they even liked the questions that I asked them so much that they gave me a two-for-one deal on shirts and a free signed DVD. <laughs> so, hey, not We so liked bad. your questions so much, we'll allow you to buy something. Well, they allowed me to buy, but then gave me something for free. My God, that was so many interviews, I need to take a breath. My Lord. <laughs> we're going to have to do a show of just interviews. No, we're going to spread those out because, hey, we've got a year's worth of stuff. <laughs> we've got a whole other season, although this season may run two years or seven <laughs> years or best of times, worst of times. Join us with season three. Aiming for 15 months. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is really going to be a seriously packed season for you guys. Um, and we're also kind of, I'm kind of gunning for a Parsec award this year. So last year was kind of a surprise. So. We're still waiting on the interview from Scott Kurtz. Yes, yes. We're hoping to get, uh, <laughs> there's two two more interviews that we're hoping to get. Uh, one from uh, Scott Kurtz and also Ninja from Ask a Ninja. So yeah, those those will be people. hopefully coming down the line. We may actually have to uh, do a segment, a monthly segment on the show of uh, where is Scott Kurtz, and uh, <laughs> we'll have to call him up monthly and see if he's willing to come on the show at that point in time. So oh my gosh, we'll have to see what happens on that one. This is the Kingfish, along with the Vicar and Super Geek Billy from the Geek Label Podcast. Sure, there are other geekish podcasts out there, but really, who are we kidding? Do you want your geek news? Do you want your thoughts shared across the globe? Looks like you've got mail waiting. Do you want a chance to win amazingly cool t-shirts? Well, the game is afoot. News, information, prizes. We'll bribe you if we have to. A look at any and everything from hardcore geek to stealth geek. If you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. Don't believe me? Then check out this completely random man-on-the-street testimonial. Hi, this is George Takei. I love listening to the Geek Label Podcast, and you will too. Get your geek on with the Geek Label Podcast. Another quality product from GeekLabel.com. So, this is our promo for the Eclectic Review. We're doing a promo? Yeah. I'm Stuart Jaffe, and this is my wife. Glory Jaffe. And uh, we, she's a scientist, I'm a science fiction writer, and we talk about books, movies, science, art, TV, you name it. We talk about it from the, those perspectives. Where Stuart talks and I criticize. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're on iTunes. We have new shows every Wednesday. Uh, you can get it directly at eclectic.libsyn.com. Oh, no more funny snappy comments here? Nope. And that's about it. Come check us out at The Eclectic Review. Hey, this is Wally. And JD. And we want you to check out the live-action web series here on the only at glintofhope.com. And if they don't, I'm going to come to the house and rip up the comic collection. Be nice. Well, if they don't, I'm going to take their little sister's iPod and throw it down the toilet. So check out here on the, the new web series only at glintofhope.com. 
And now a sneak preview of Season 2 of Requiem of the Outcast. Howdy, I'm Aaron Alston. I'm Gil Gerard. Hello, I'm Christiana Ellis. Hi, this is T. Morris. I'm Timothy Zahn. Hi, I'm Nuri from the Artist Alley Podcast. Hello, I'm Nina Kimberly. Hi, I'm Sarge from Red vs. Blue. Hi, I'm Dexter Griff from the popular web series Red vs. Blue. Hey, everybody, this is Grant Pachoco from the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Grant. This is evil mastermind Dr. Steve. I'm Simpson J. Cat. My name is Rand Hork. This is Dr. Zoidberg. This is Zap Brannigan, Master of Time, Space, and the Future, and winner of this year's Modesty Award. Duh. This is the Red M&M. This is Billy West. Oh, good news, everyone. Hi. I'm a podcast. Are you? Well, guys, that was the first part of our season premiere. Hey, Battlestar Galactica took two hours, and so will we. I mean, I've always said what's good for Starbuck is good enough for me. Of course, I said that when Dirk Benedict played face on the A-Team, but then, of course, it was more like, what's good for Templeton Peck is good enough for me. Although I was ten, and being a player had a significantly different meaning for me. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. I know that was just us rambling on about Dragon Con and not much else, but for a taste of new segments, new style, and flavor, if you will, check our podcast feed or visit the site and tune into the second half of our season premiere, already in progress. Requiem of the Outcast, independent media tips and reviews, a proud member of the Outcast Multimedia family. Visit requiemoftheoutcast.com or outcastmultimedia.com.